This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. There are many great blessings that we enjoy as Americans. And among those blessings is our freedom. Oh, how we ought to treasure the freedom that we have in this country the freedom to worship, the freedom to read and to study the Bible without any interference. And may God help us to always have that freedom. But let's remember there is a price to be paid for our freedom. And there are those that have fought under the flag of the United States of America, many who shed their blood for, the, for our freedom and may we always respect those who have done that in the future, in the past as well as in the future. May God help us to treasure our freedom as Americans. But there's a freedom that we have that is greater than that, and that's the freedom we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please stay tuned as we talk about that today. Hello, I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you today to Getting to Know Your Bible. We, we appreciate those of you who are watching today, perhaps for the very first time, and some of you watch every time we come on the air. I want to thank you as well. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize that it is free, and we want you to have it. In order that you might know more about the course and how you can receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today I want to call your attention to an Old Testament text that's found in the book of Leviticus, and I'll be reading from uh, chapter 25, and I want to start the reading about verse 10, and I'll be reading through about verse 16. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land, unto the inhabitants thereof, and it shall be a jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of, its, uh, of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of the vine undressed. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee you shall return every man unto his possession. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or buyest aught of thy neighbor's hand, ye shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee, thou shalt buy thy neighbor, and according unto the number of years of the fruits, he shall sell it unto thee. 
according to the multitude of years thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of years thou shalt diminish the price of it, for according to the number of the years of the fruits thereof doth he sell unto thee. Now the year of Jubilee under the Jewish system occurred every 50th year. Now what we learned about the year of Jubilee from this text is during that time they let the soil rest. They did not grow their crops during that time. And also there was restitution of property to its original owners. And if an individual had in, uh, become a slave because of, of his poverty, well then he would be released in the year of Jubilee. To put it mildly, the year of Jubilee was a time of jubilation and a time of happiness. And you might be interested in knowing that if you go to verse 10, and where the Bible says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land, that those words are found on our liberty bell. Liberty, freedom, throughout all of the land. Now, as wonderful as that must have been to those people, there is a greater freedom that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter in verse 17, there Paul made this statement that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that is freedom. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, there he wrote, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We have freedom or liberty in Jesus Christ. But freedom from what? Liber liberated from what? And I want to mention some things today that I believe will benefit us when we think about the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. First of all, in Jesus Christ, there is freedom from a law that demanded perfection and demanded animal sacrifice. And that was the law given to the Hebrew people, the Jewish law given by Moses upon Mount Sinai. And that law is not, uh, would not be, a, we would not be amenable to that law if that law was still binding on, on man today unless we are of the Hebrew nation. Now, that law was abrogated uh, at the cross of Jesus Christ, blotted out, as it were. Colossians 2.14 says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us, which was contrary to us, taking it out of the way and nailing it to the cross. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't live under such a law because it demanded perfection. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, you had to keep that law perfectly. There is only one person who ever kept that law perfectly, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into this world to fulfill that law, Matthew 5, 17. 
He fulfilled that law in that He lived by it as no other human being had ever been able to do. He lived by it perfectly and He fulfilled that law in that He fulfilled the prophecies and all the predictions in it that had been made concerning Him. But we're not under that law today. That law required perfection. It required the offering of the animals of animal sacrifices. In Galatians 3 verse 11, he says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. You see, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, Jesus did away with that law, and He gave us the New Testament or the gospel by who, the, that we are subject to today. In the third chapter of Galatians, the question is asked in verse 19, Wherefore then serveth the law? In other words, what was the purpose of the law given by Moses? Why was it given? It was added because of transgression till, that means there's a point in time, till the seed should come. Well, what does that mean? Well, back in verse 16 of that same chapter, that same book, Galatians 3.16, he says to Abraham and his seed, and he says, Not unto seeds as of many, but to seed which of one, and that seed is Christ. That was the seed referred to in Galatians 3.19. The law was given to restrain men and to live by that law for their restraint until Jesus Christ would have come into the world. In Galatians 3.24, the Bible says the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under that schoolmaster. Jesus Christ came and He liberated men from that law, that law that required animal sacrifices, that law that required perfection. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And I am thankful that I live in the age of grace. I live under the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's the freedom that we have in Christ, freedom from that law. But Jesus Christ is also the one who gives us freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. In Daniel chapter 9 and in verse 24, the Bible there reads like this, Seventy weeks shall be determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. It was in 538 B.C., 538 years before Christ came, that Cyrus captured Babylon. They had already been in captivity for 68 years. Two years were remaining. And it was in the 70th year of their captivity they were able to return to their homeland. But now two years are remaining. And then we find Daniel is praying to God. And God went into action. Heaven went into action. And it dispatched Gabriel to come to Daniel. And this is what is said in Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 24. That there's going to be an end of sin. Someone is going to finish the transgression. 
Some is going to make reconciliation for sin or iniquity. Some is going to bring an everlasting righteousness. That is, some provide a way whereby we could be made righteous before God and would seal up the vision and prophecy. That is, fulfill prophecy and prediction. And someone was going to be anointed the most holy. I don't know of anyone that that would refer to other than Jesus. Now what that prophecy of in Daniel chapter 9 is telling us that Jesus Christ was to be the solution for the sins of the world. That He came to free us from sin. And the Bible in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, listen to what Jesus said. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. His blood was shed for my sins, that my sins might be remitted. You know, we understand the word remission when we talk about cancer. And we may speak of an individual that we know that has had some, some radiation or chemo. And the doctor comes back and says, you know, I've got good news for you. You are in remission. There are two young men that my wife and I pray for every day. And they had cancer. And thank God, they are now in remission. We understand what that means. That that cancer is no longer working actively in their body. Well, the truth is, Jesus is in the remission business, isn't He? Je Jesus Christ came into this world, lived a life of poverty among men, was rejected of men, what was betrayed, was crucified, was raised from the dead, all because of sin. And Jesus died on the cross that we might have the remission of our sins. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thought? Now think about your life. Think about where you are. Think about where you've been. Don't you want those sins forgiven? Well, you see, we can have freedom from those sins. Whatever they are, God can forgive you. Listen to Paul in Ephesians 1, verse 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Aren't you thankful for the fact that we can be forgiven? Our God is a forgiving God. And the thing that's, uh, that is available for us for forgiveness is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed that blood for our forgiveness. And when we are forgiven, you're free from sin. Listen to Paul in Romans, the sixth chapter, verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. That's past tense. That you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin. Made free from sin when? 
when you obey that form of doctrine that's been delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Well, I wonder what Paul has reference to when he talks about that form of doctrine that had been delivered to you. If you go earlier in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1, he writes, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Answer, God forbid. And then Paul writes, How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore, we're buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You do not walk in newness of life until you have been raised with Christ in baptism. Paul is talking about the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. And we are buried with Christ in baptism. Someone says, well, do you, you think that means water? Uh, I, I've heard preachers say that that has reference to the Spirit. Well, in Acts the 10th chapter, verses 47 and 48, listen to what Peter said. When he was preaching at the house of Cornelius, Can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we, and He commanded them to be baptized. So they were commanded to be baptized in what? In water. Why? For the remission of their sins. So we are buried with Christ in baptism. Baptism is a burial, incidentally. It's not sprinkling a little water on you or pouring a little water on you. Colossians 2.12 says, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God. So it is in baptism that we are baptized into the death of Christ. Where did Jesus shed His blood, incidentally? Did He not shed His blood in His death? You go to John chapter 19 when Jesus died and there, His side was pierced with a spear. From that wound there came forth blood and water. Jesus Christ died on that cross, shedding His blood, and when we're baptized into His death, that is, into the benefits and appropriate the benefits of that death, then we come forth from that watery grave to walk a new life. We left the old man of sin in the grave, and the new man is resurrected to walk in the newness of life. And that's what Paul meant when he said, God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. And so it is in Jesus Christ that we can have freedom from sin. We stay free. He that is dead is freed from sin. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 7. You say, well, I, I've, I'm, I've so messed up, Brother Lambert, I just don't know whether the Lord could ever forgive me. Well, friend, you're the kind of person Jesus came to save. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus said, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You say, well, I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to drugs. He can free you from the burden of sin. 
Jesus said, Come and be all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He'll take that burden off of your heart and forgive you of those sins. And we must then make a conscious effort to stay away from those things that have entangled us in the cobweb of sin. Freedom in Jesus Christ. But let me mention something else. Jesus gives us the freedom to live a Spirit-filled life. I call your attention to a passage in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 where Paul wrote, but the fruit of the Spirit. Here's how you know you're living a Spirit-filled life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Now, there are certain laws that prohibit us from doing certain things. For example, I live in the state of Alabama, and on the highways of Alabama, there are laws that prohibit one from getting in his or her automobile and doing 120 miles an hour down the interstate. It is against the law. You may break the law, try to break the law, but if you see an officer, he's going to explain to you that you've broken the law and you do not have the freedom to do that. But Paul tells us we have the freedom to, be, to have as much of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as we want. And he starts off in saying the fruit of the Spirit is love. You can be just as loving as you want to be. To love God, to love Jesus, to love your neighbor, to love your, your spouse, to love even your enemies. Oh, we need to love the, the war, what the world needs now is more love in it. A man by the name of Tom Neal worked for me for, with me for a while on getting to know your Bible, and Tom was known for this saying, it's all about the love. And so we need to show love. We can be as joyful. Are you a joyful person? Or are you kind of grouchy most of the time? Are, is your life, are you pleasant to be around, or do people avoid you? You see, if you're filled with the Spirit and living a Spirit-filled life, you have the fruit of joy in your life. Peace. Are you a peaceful person? Are you a peacemaker? Or are you the kind of an individual that stirs up things wherever you go? Long-suffering or patience. Are you patient? And then we can be gentle. And guys, gentleness is not a sign of weakness. Gentleness actually is just the opposite. Gentleness is a sign of strength. Suppose you were going to buy a pony for your little boy. Would you want to buy a pony that, that bucked and ran and uncontrollably? No. The first thing you'd want to know, is this a gentle pony? Oh yes, this pony's been broken to ride and it's a gentle pony. Well, the pony still has as much energy and, and, and ability to run and to buck as, as it did in the very beginning. But now it's got all of that power, all of that strength under control. And the man will say to you, Mr. I can promise you, this will be a safe pony for your child because it is gentle. It is gentle. And so it is a sign of strength and power 
under control for us to be gentle. Paul said the servant of God must not strive, but be gentle, be gentle to all men. And then after gentleness, he mentions goodness, just plain old-fashioned goodness. You can be just as good as you wanted to, because against such there is no law. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then we can have faith or faithfulness, meekness, self-control or temperance. You see, we are free to, to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. But may I mention one other thing? Hurriedly, we are free from worry. Do you ever worry about something? Oh, I can almost see some woman out there shaking her head right now. So, oh, that, he's after me now because I worry about everything. We worry about everything there is to worry about. And we, one woman said if she had any more problems, then it'd be two weeks before she'd be able to get around to worrying about it because she's had so many things going on in her life. That poor soul had too much on her mind. We need to turn it over to God. The Bible says that this is how you overcome worry. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have been freed from anxiety and worry in Jesus Christ. And we can live a contented, happy life because Jesus has set us free. And then in closing, we have freedom over death because of Jesus. When Jesus went into the domain of the devil and he came forth from the grave victorious over death, hell and the grave, he gave us victory. And we can say with the Apostle Paul as he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, Thanks be to God who giveth us our, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus and the freedom we have in Him. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do that. And you may take it online if you prefer. Regardless of how you decide to take it, whether you order it or whether you take it online, please do that. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.